I'm so glad that you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. You know, you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. And our main web address is clark.com. And I hope you enjoy the continuing improvements that we're making on clark.com. A half hour from now, I want to give you the latest on what's going on with how vulnerable or not we are to data breaches, identity theft, and the rest. I'm going to give you an update on the latest information available in just 30 minutes. I got to talk about something right now that I've been noodling this because there are clear data trends on delinquencies on two forms of consumer borrowing. There's been a massive increase in both the number of late payments on car loans and late payments on credit cards. As the banks have become much more interested in tossing money out there, they have repeatedly thrown caution to the wind, and although it's not yet a repeat, of the foolishness from the banks involved with the housing bust last decade, there are clear, clear danger signals. And the reality is the banks don't ever have to worry about it. They get bailed out by the taxpayers. So it's really you and me if we take borrowing to a point that gets us into danger, we're the ones that suffer the consequences. And so I I really want you to, to hear me on this And consider this when you go to make a decision to buy another vehicle or to buy something on credit, because right now, the number of people that are delinquent on their credit cards is at the highest it's been in years. And the number of people that are delinquent on car loans, the point that their cars might be repossessed is the greatest it's been since, I think, mid-last decade. I don't remember the exact year, but it's been a good while since so many people have been over their heads not making their car loan payments. And see, the crazy thing with the car loans is if a car gets repoed, you end up legally in almost every state, there's just a small number that don't do this this way, you end up being fully responsible for all the payments. They'll be able to get a judgment against you. Uh, they can eventually hit you. This is crazy to hit, tell you. But in a number of states, not only are you then held legally liable to make all the payments you would have made, but you also have to bankroll whatever losses the lender has and what's known as de- a deficiency judgment for losses they have when they repo the car and all the expenses they have with repoing it. So you don't have the vehicle anymore, but you still have to pay for it and then maybe pay for it plus. Your credit's trashed, you don't have a car, but you still have to pay for it. That is a bad picture. And then with the credit cards falling behind, you know, that didn't work before. (laughs) It's not going to work this time. So... We're at one of those inflection points, one of those moments 
that we really need to think through. And with cars, remember my rule, if the monthly payment is not affordable on a 42-month loan, it means you're buying more car than you can afford. Period. No exceptions to that. No exceptions. And with the credit cards, more and more people, at the same time the delinquencies are rising, more and more people have adopted using credit cards where you only use one if you can pay the bill in full when it comes the next month. If you're not living your life that way, the credit cards are dangerous for you to carry. Brian is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Brian. Hello. Brian, you got a son headed off to college. Yes, I do, and trying to do what every parent worries about, paying for the school. Oh, that's no fun. <laughs> I, you know, he's, he's in a position where he's planning on going to a school that it's going to be a university. It's a private university, but the cost is going to actually be very reasonable compared to even a local community college. So through him working and us helping out and things like that, we're not too concerned about him being able to pay for school. Oh, that's However, great. He's, he's interested in being a pharmacist eventually, and we're not exactly sure if the school that he goes to now, he'll be able to continue that, or he might have to go to a different school. And I'm sure that if he goes to a different school, then prices are going to be a whole lot higher than they are at the school that he's starting out with. And so my question is, is it something that would be considered to, if he had to go deal with school loans, that I know that, I don't know the actual names of the loans, but the, the ones that are, I guess, would be subsidized by the, the government that are a whole lot more favorable than going in the private sector for loans. Should he look at loans now and take the money and put it off to the side in preparation for the day that he might have to get even more money. Well, that is fascinating. I, I've, ne I've never had that question before, and it's a very interesting question. But one thing I wanted to say about pharmacy school is all over the country there are state-supported pharmacy schools. Okay. And so he may not face a massive tuition cost if he later has to transfer to pharmacy school. Okay. So uh, that would be, of the things that would matter and affect what it would end up costing to go to pharmacy school, that one decision would make more difference than any other. And there's okay. a list, I just looked while we're talking, there's a list on Wikipedia of all the state-supported pharmacy schools in the country and it just goes on and on and on. So finding one that, that he would be able to get a decent tuition will not be a heavy lift. Oh, okay. Okay. That would be good to look at then. Um, the other thing on the borrowing, borrowing prospectively is, uh, is an idea that first came up involved with graduate school. There were people who didn't need money for undergraduate school, and people were doing just what you've spoken of. They were going ahead and borrowing under the federal student loan program what you're allowed to borrow under Stafford, the Stafford loan program, and mm -hmm. putting the money aside and just basically husbanding that money till it was time to pay for graduate school. In this case, 
your child would be transferring as an undergraduate. Is that right into pharmacy school? Potentially, yes. Most so that's so I, I guess the strategy would work the same um, doing the Staffords. Now, there are two kinds of Stafford loans. There is a subsidized Stafford and an unsubsidized Stafford. So with the subsidized, you can borrow money while you're enrolled and you don't have any interest accruing at all. And so that that's like a very easy ticket as far as borrowing the money. On the other case, with the unsubsidized Stafford, you're able to borrow money at very favorable rates also, but interest does accrue while he would be a, a freshman, sophomore before transferring, but it would still provide him access to very affordable borrowing for when it would be needed later in college. And it is a strategy people do. It is a, uh, a low-risk strategy. If you end up not needing the money, you simply pay that loan back with not that much interest. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mark. Hi. Mark, you, you have an unusual story to share about identity theft. I do. What happened? Um, I um, what actually was made aware that someone had tried to access my checking account uh, in Maryland. I live in Florida. And by my bank, my bank caught it, and we were working through that. And a few weeks later in the mail, um, a driver's license showed up. Uh, somebody, I assume being a good Samaritan, uh, took my driver's license, stuck it in the mail, and uh, sent it to me. And it didn't have my picture on it. It had all my correct oh. address. It had my driver's license number, uh, all that information on it. But uh, it's not me. That is never a good situation. It is not. But you sound um, so positive about it. What's the twist in your case? Well, the twist, I, I have my credit frozen. Uh, I know that he applied a couple times. I'm a long-time listener, so um, I know he applied for credit a couple times, but um, as far as that goes, I think I'm in pretty good shape. The question I have or concerns I have are what can I do to stop him from trying to how can I protect my checking account? And then he, I assume that he has this information about me. He has enough to, I don't know how, what information he does or doesn't have about me. I don't know how he got it. Um, but I also want to protect my 401k. That's so your retirement that. money is an outside risk, not a likely one. And yeah. the fact that you had frozen your credit is such a great thing you did because you could have had somebody who really, really messed up your credit and you could have spent years trying to clean things back up. And this will be a likely low-level hassle for you simply because you had the credit freeze in place. And that's great. Uh, the individual, any idea, uh, have the police in Maryland lifted a finger are they doing anything about whoever this is because if they're stealing your identity they're also trying to steal a lot of other people's identity and well that's where my other question comes in is i uh, i feel like i have valuable evidence and it kind of feels like there's they've got so many of these that it's i just got put in the paperwork that is yeah. likely true and i know it's so frustrating i've had callers where they actually have evidence about who the identity thief is 
and they still have trouble getting the police to do anything about it because they're worried more about violent criminals and the cases are more involved and harder to prove often with identity theft. Do you know what county in Maryland the individual lives in? Um, I they I know they tried to apply for credit and in Potomac. Ah, and okay. like Montgomery County, Maryland. Was, Montgomery yeah, County, right Maryland is a very affluent county, and the police department would be police departments there would be well funded enough that there's a likelihood there may be a detective who specializes in identity theft cases. Okay. So that would be uh, the... Tra- I, I've done that more on a local level in Orlando and not... That's not going to help you. If, if you're trying to get okay. this perpetrator put away, you need to get in touch with... Because you're okay. But if you want to do something about this perpetrator who might cause problems for other people, you need to be in touch with the police in Montgomery County and see if there, there likely is somebody. I mean, in a wealthy county like that, People are so so uh, often targets of identity thieves that there's a higher priority in a police department in a county like Montgomery County. I know the county very well. I used to live in it. It is a relatively low uh, crime county, so there's more resources devoted to nonviolent crimes, and that's why you may find a detective who specializes just on these ID theft cases. But so proud of you you had your credit frozen it sure limited the harm sheila's with us on the clark howard show hi sheila sheila you want to talk about electric car batteries i do here's my question well first of all i appreciate you and value your input very much well thank you uh, uh, largely due to your uh, positive influence my husband and i purchased um in January, we purchased a 2013 Nissan Leaf, which we, we love. We're really happy with. You um, are so smart because the used Leafs are almost being given away. It was an amazing deal. It was perfect for us. So we also um, really want to become a two-electric car family, and we put a deposit very early, uh, like the first day, on a Tesla Model 3. Since then, I heard you uh, saying that you did not recommend buying new electric cars because of how much change is happening in the industry. So my question is, should we go through with the purchase of that Model 3 or wait? Well, if you read the hype from all the automotive reviewers in the last week about the Model 3, I think that there's no certainties in life, but it would be... A potentially very smart thing to take your order position and buy that vehicle okay so Great. the model 3 unless you trick it out you'll be able to get one for under forty thousand dollars yeah and it is uh, it's a car you can trick out all the way up to sixty thousand dollars if you want but if you well, keep too. if you keep it to where pretty much you're taking it as the base model, then the chances you're going to get hurt financially is very low. Okay. Well, I really appreciate that input. Thank you so much, Clark. All right. uh, Now, one other thing, though. Yep. Yep. That car is so much faster than that (laughs) Leaf that you have, the 2013 Leaf, 
that you also need to be prepared for the speeding tickets you're going to have to pay. Okay, well, we're going to take our slow go and transfer it over to that Tesla and keep safe and happy. All right. And thank you very much. And you're going to have a bit of a wait for that Model 3. And if you're not familiar with this, Tesla, which makes the ultra-expensive Model X, the almost as expensive Model S, now has introduced and started delivering the first tiny number of deliveries of the Model 3, of which there are over 500,000 orders already placed for it. And it is a car that the auto writers, I don't, I don't remember a time they've gushed so much about a new vehicle introduction as this one, 230 miles per charge to 310 per charge. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address, and ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. Our team of deal diggers look for the bargains that are the real money savers, not time wasters, for you. So this is a little chilling. This is a report from Lookout. Lookout is a security company. They offer a lot of freemium products, particularly for cell phones, where you can have Lookout as a security suite on your phone. And then if you want a fancy suite, you can pay them. Otherwise, you can use the free app. So for the first six months of this year, the report is in that shows there have been 1.7 billion compromised accounts due to data breaches. (laughs) billion. And the criminals have been getting better and better, more and more sophisticated at engaging in breaches. And so far this year, criminals have hacked email addresses, and that's 39% of the breaches. Financial information, 31%. Social security numbers in 24%. It goes on because some of these will add up. They'll add up to more than 100 because in some breaches, they're getting duplicate. They're getting more than one kind of very valuable information. One in four times they're getting your phone number. One in four times they're getting your date of birth. Passwords, one in five times. Okay, so the thing is, you can start to feel numb when you hear how common it is, how often it happens, and the fact that it has gotten more severe. And that is um, pretty weird to think about how many people are subject to having key personal information breached by a crook. So... What is it you and I can do about this? There are strategies, there are steps without involving you giving up. Number one thing I want you to know is you will not protect yourself by paying money to some kind of subscription service that says it's going to monitor your credit for you. Waste of money. If you're doing so right now, 
because you saw on the web about how great it is to pay some subscription service or you heard a radio ad or saw a TV ad. Stop wasting that money. There are things that you should do to protect yourself, but nothing is foolproof. By far the most valuable step as an initial step is to freeze your credit. Something that more and more people do every week. It's a process where even if a criminal gets your social security number, they know your date of birth, they know your mother's maiden name, blah, blah, blah. They cannot get credit as if they're you because your credit is frozen. It's a simple procedure to set in place. It is relatively cheap. Some states it's free. The most you can pay anywhere is $30 for freezing your credit. And that way you don't have to worry about when it happens. You've already put that in place. Second thing is for you, in addition to doing that, is to look at using a password manager. Dashlane is the best known of it, but I've got several that are available to you, typically with a freemium business model where you get basic password management for free. You pay for more sophisticated or advanced or more features, a monthly fee or annual fee. Check that out at Clark.com. And there are other steps I want you to take to protect yourself on the financial side Top of the list, have a separate computer for paying all bills, doing all financial transactions, and never use that computer for any other purpose. Tom is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Tom. Hey, Clark. Uh, Long-time listener, and I appreciate you taking my call. Well, it's great to have you here, and you want to go to my favorite place in the world, any beach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have uh, some slight restrictions. Our, our biggest problem, honestly, is that we have to take vacation between uh, December 23rd and December 31st. That's the only time because of job restrictions. I know that's going to be the most expensive time to travel, so I thought I'd uh, contact you uh, uh, about uh, maybe where to go. I, we're, we're looking for a place that's warm, that we have a beach view, might have some uh, flat bike trails, and ideally has uh, some scuba opportunities nearby. Uh, We're flying out of Cincinnati, uh, and we don't want to spend a full day on either end uh, of that uh, date range traveling. Right. uh, What are your thoughts? So if money matters, it totally changes the answer I give you. Um, We've been kind of saving up for this, so let's say for now money doesn't matter other than, you know, just trying to get the best deal, uh, you know, wherever we end up going. Right. So the thing is, going to any place fun in the sun in the Caribbean, that week is the most expensive week of the whole year. And (laughs) it's because that's the one week everybody wants to go right yep the cruise lines cordon off that week that is christmas crossing over new years as their most expensive sailings of the year and so it is a very very costly time 
and there there are no magic ways to get it done. Now you mentioned you'd be flying out of Cincinnati, and Cincinnati has gone from being the nation's most expensive airport to one of the more bargain-oriented airports in the country. Right. Uh, I've noticed that uh, uh, your favorites, Allegiant and Spirit and uh, Southwest, uh, they're all starting to fly out of Cincinnati now. So let's talk about Spirit, which is the airline people love to hate the most in the country. But Spirit flies to a lot of places that are fun in the sun, where you would fly to Fort Lauderdale, change in Fort Lauderdale, and then go on somewhere else. Now, I know you told me that price wasn't your first object, but I don't know. I'm wired in a way. I don't know how to answer this without going to price. (laughs) Okay. But from there, you'd have a lot of different options. And to save on accommodations, wherever you go, how many family members are going? Four. Four adults. So for four people, renting a place on Airbnb or on VRBO or HomeAway would be my best idea about how you might be able to reduce the price on this trip to make it more reasonable, even if you are going to open up the wallet pretty wide. And they they rent, what, Saturday to Saturday? Is that... Not necessarily. Okay. You know, that's the old model, which resorts and ski areas and all that did Saturday to Saturday rentals, and the market's much more flexible than that now. Okay. So I think if you look at how Cincinnati's become so competitive, especially any route introductions for new service out of Cincinnati, that's going to help you a lot. Yep. Now, I wanted to say a couple of things that you're not going to be interested in because you said that price was not your principal concern. But once you hang with me for other people, I want to mention two things. One is that next week, For many cruise lines, it's final payment for cruises during Christmas and New Year's. And a lot of people will abandon their bookings. And people who may have been interested in finding what may be a little bit better a deal on a cruise are going to find that may happen after next week and more availability. Second thing is that there's a line in Florida that above, even during Christmas, you're going to find better deals than you would otherwise. The line runs basically from Clearwater, Florida, across to um, Cocoa Beach, Florida. From there up, it's not peak season because it's still too chilly that time of year, and people will find better deals. So for you, if you find that all these places you're looking at in the Caribbean end up being way too much money, and I'm not going to give you a specific one to look at because they're all so expensive this time of year. I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. to say, Tom. But if if you look at places and they end up being too much money, you might suddenly find some of that I just said more relevant for you, too. Matt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Matt. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, how are you doing today, Clark? I'm doing great, thank you, Matt. How can I be of service to you? Um, yeah, so I'm a, uh, an older millennial. Um, I won't say the exact age, but uh, I have worked a few jobs and so I have a few rollover IRAs and I'm starting to accumulate some personal wealth. So I've been looking into you know, ETFs and been investing in traditional ETFs and um, traditional funds, but I'm starting to look in more to socially responsible investments. 
and I just don't see a lot of um, a lot of socially responsible ETFs out there. So I've been doing some research, and I found some robo advisors, which is kind of new for me. And I found one out there that seems to build kind of a custom portfolio. So I wanted to see what you thought um, about a, a particular one, and you know, just robo advising. I mean, advising in general. So robo advising, I'm a huge fan of, and for listeners who aren't aware of what that means that's where they use uh com- computer programming a series of questions you're asked about your goals and where you are and your age and all that and they come up with based on your profile a recommended portfolio and they continually adjust it based on either your situation changing or just life as it happens over time and I think there are enormous numbers of people that benefit from that. Mm-hmm. On the the responsible investing front, if it's environmental or whatever social investing criteria you have, it is an area that the industry, the investment industry, is talking more about. But there now um, there are robos that will that will select out only socially responsible investment choices. And you found one of those that you're interested in? I am. Am I allowed to say it on here? Sure, go ahead. Yes, it's uh, called Earthly. It's like Earth with an L-Y, and the website is beearthly.com. And it seems to build, at least what I can, the research that I've done, like a custom, almost like index fund portfolio. Yeah. And you kind of pick, uh, a few key area, you know, a key area of interest. Um, for instance, before if you didn't want to fund uh, fossil fuels, or if you're on uh, corporate governance. And so I was looking into that, and it seemed to be a relatively low cost ratio for what I've seen from traditional advisors. It's 0.4 percent for a typical client. Yeah, I saw that 0.4 percent. And so if they put you in ultra low cost investments, you'll probably end up in total around 0.5 okay and that's that's very reasonable gotcha now here's Um, the here's the downside and this is this is a decision you make as an individual is that if you do socially responsible investing which might be depending on how you were to slice that it might be people who won't put money into cigarette companies let's say or people who don't want money into companies that sell alcohol or maybe people who don't want money going to uh, fossil fuel producers or whatever, when you start cutting portions of the economy out, it can have the potential that it would reduce your overall return over a cycle of dozens of years. Gotcha. Understood. So as long as you're comfortable with that, the fee structure is reasonable as to how good they are at the robo- who knows, because I have no experience with them, and I don't know if they have that much track record yet, but a point four is certainly within the realm of reasonable. Dustin's with us on the Clark Howard Show, and Dustin, you looked at our guide at Clark.com to the fastest growing jobs, and one of them intrigues you. Is that true? That is very true, sir. How are you doing? Hey, how are you? Which job is exciting to you? Medical sonography. Ah, oh. Sonography. All right. Yes. So that is an area, especially with an aging population, that yes. 
is a potentially great job growth category. How can I be of help with that? Well, what happened was uh, my job is they cut out the pension. I'm just looking to change mid-career levels here. Um, and I was looking online at your new website, and the problem that I see is they don't teach it at, like, the, uh, the state colleges near me. It's all online schools, and I'm kind of skeptic of those because I've heard issues. I've had yeah, done. I would like you in a classroom for that. Me too. I, I'm not comfortable with that. Now, you say there's no state schools near you. Most states have that offered at either uh, some of their state-supported technical colleges or some of the state colleges, the traditional colleges that are state-supported, will offer that as well. Have you have you Googled that or done any kind of search? I, I have, and I feel like it gets more frustrating when I just see like the loopholes. I mean, yeah, I have. And I what have state do you up. live in? I'm curious. I'm in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, because I know that um, there are a lot of state schools in Georgia that offer sonography programs. I'm looking right now in Florida. There's only one state school I see looking quickly that offers that and it's near orlando yeah that's that's not going to work especially in a classroom environment because i work you know full-time with wife and kids right right huh okay what i would do is i would call and talk to office managers or medical directors at practices sonography practices in jacksonville yeah and see where they hire their graduates from their employees from what schools their employees went to never trust any of the schools any of the for-profit schools that they're the greatest place and their job placement so great and all that you always in a situation like that go to employers and ask where they hire their people from and that's where you know you want to go and it is a, a potentially very good career path and I wish you the best in doing a mid-career transition. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you tuning in to The Clark Howard Show. And if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast, well, we have our Empowerment Zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives or things they've done to accomplish, go to clark.com slash empowermentzone.